hello and welcome to the 100 and oh gosh i've lost track it's either fourth or fifth i i want to say it's 104th dev update with me today we have two very very special very special guests uh we have cheese enthusiast and armenio how are you guys doing today doing pretty um, well yeah doing good Fantastic. So the reason I have you guys on today is because, um, well, successfully is because we called Joe out on the AMA this week, and then Joe committed himself even further by putting a tweet out that he was going to be here. <laughs> in in cheese, we just bugged the hell out of him in, in Telegram until he finally decided to show up. So so very successful here. I feel like we're very. Um, it's very rare to have three people on the screen from Ergo at once, uh, especially uh, in this case. So. So hot talk of town lately is Lithos. So let me start off by asking you guys, what are your roles in Lithos? Let's not get into what Lithos is yet. Let's let's sure. talk about what your roles are in Lithos and who else is involved that might have skipped out on us tonight. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to be the main developer of Lithos. I'll be developing the protocol, the client, uh, smart contracts, uh, all the fun stuff, I guess. Yeah, and cheese isn't free, right? So, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just true. Uh, you know, cheese has done a great job over the years uh, showing up, building things around the community, and so uh, more or less a sponsor, right? Um, you know, helping him take the time and energy it takes to build this type of system. Uh, it's a lot of work. And Joe, you've had some history in the mining sphere, at least since early crypto times, right? Yeah, yeah, I've had rigs on and off uh nowadays much 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 less involved but uh you know i've i've always been a fan of proof of work as money that's kind of its own side adventure but uh in terms of like some of the monetary properties proof of work brings to the table specifically having energy input uh, i think creates um you know a more stable and interesting use case to build currency on top of i know that's one of the biggest uh let's say counter marketing narratives that's used you know proof of work it uses energy well energy is the basis of civilization right and so whatever um you know excess energy can be directed and stored in some you know digital form is a really fascinating fascinating uh, use case for money um so that's kind of why i'm here that's 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 a that's a great way to put it joe um um all right let's let's let me ask you right from the beginning what what um how did ergo start some people don't know how ergo started out with mining and how it you know it wasn't always pools correct is that is that uh what i understand yeah so the initial design was uh used non-outsourceable puzzles to try to force everybody to kind of solo mine right um which you know it was interesting because at the time uh you know Basically, there's kind of an economic use of pooling, right? That's why it came about, is that as hash rate grows on the network, um, you know, smaller participants can then band together, form their own little collective and, you know, be competitive. Um, so uh, the initial uh, goal of Ergo was to try to create a more democratic mining system. It's uh, part of why we have all these governance parameters, um, you know, is to try to actually create some sort of proof of work system that was really minor led. Uh, I can't say that we've totally succeeded in that, but nonetheless, the base tooling is still there. 
So then as I understand, cheese, what happened is that people figured out how to do mining pools and band together with smart contracts that were available on Ergo? Yeah, so through smart contracts, uh, you can create something that's called a collateralized mining pool. And you can essentially um, do some tricks sort of to get around this um, mining pool restriction that was there on the first version of Autolycos. So uh, people were able to get around the pooling restriction and they created uh, these smart contract pools uh, that were able to pull together hash rate and uh, distribute the art to people according to the work, right? And was, was there ever a point in time at that point where there was a risk of some sort of 51% attack or anything like that, where the pool organized a majority of the hash rate and then could steer the direction of the chain? Well, that I'm not too sure of. There might have been a risk at that point. I'm not sure about what the hash rate portion was at the time. But uh, regardless, uh, any sort of pooling uh, does have some sort of risk involved with it. All right. So We're then you got... Sorry, go for it. As I was going to say, we're seeing a lot of that across proof of work, um, where you know, if you look at a lot of proof of work chains, the uh, hash rate is not so distributed, which is sad to see. Um, you know, I'll I'll use uh, Lithium as a good example. You know, they have hash rate dominance in one pool, and actually, for a long when I first started more publicly doing stuff, that was one of the first things I was trying to counter. Um, in the Ergo ecosystem was I was chasing around these pools trying to get support. Uh, that way we could distribute the hash rate because, well, just saying, please mine somewhere else just wasn't working. Oh, what a tough plea, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't working. So I was like, well, the best thing I can do is, uh, you know, create more competition, right? And hopefully, you know, some mining pool will have uh, faster ping times or better shares or better payouts or something. And you know, just use more of the competitive side versus like uh, begging. Did it work? Uh, you know, it did work. Uh, I think at when I started, Nanopool was pretty dominant. I think at one point it had sixty-seven percent of the hash rate, sixty-eight percent of the hash rate. Yeah, not not pretty. And so, you know, went around chasing all the different mining pools that I could. So, so how did how did um. How did voting work back in the day when you, you know, nowadays um, you can join a pool that has a large hash rate and if they support what you're supporting, essentially, um, you know, you join them if they're supporting whatever change is being um, promoted there and your hash rate combines and you have a essentially a larger vote as a pool. How did that work before pooling? I mean, if I have like a, a, 30, a 3090 and I'm pulling in 275 mega hash, um, you know, and somebody else has like 10 Radeon 7s, you know, that's going to be like 3,000 mega hash that they're going to be pulling. And they, they definitely have more sway than me, correct? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it worked in essentially the same way as it does now. And the, the point is that the people who have the nodes, the people who are producing the blocks are the ones who vote, right? So um, back then when everybody was solo mining, everybody who mined had a node. Uh, and they were all able to manually change the voting parameters themselves uh, according to uh, whatever they believed in. Uh, nowadays, the only people who are running nodes to mine are pools and solo miners. And obviously, pools have much bigger amount of hash rate, right? So uh, nowadays, the pools are the ones that are majority controlling the vote because 
most people are mining to them. Gotcha. See, gotcha. All right. So one more question before we dive into lithos, and these are these are stage questions on purpose that I just thought of this second. So don't think I planned this at all. Um, <laughs> for payouts, um, I understand there are a couple different methods of payouts that uh, GitBlock um, GitBlock did PPLNS, I believe, right? Was that the mm -hmm. new one? And then you started out with something before that as well that was a little slower in payment. What are, what are those methods of payouts that are used by pools? Uh, yeah, so there's a few different methods. It's like pay per share, pay per last end shares. Um, really, the the whole point of these different payout methods is just to figure out a way to assign a value to an amount of work that someone put in. And all these different methods have different sort of uh, little things about them that change how the payout works. For example, um, some people use pay per share, but they don't like that. Uh, but I mean, other pools don't like that because um, then people can pool hop and hop to different pools and maybe game the system in that way. So then there's also PPLNS, which is pay per last end shares, and that's to prevent pool hopping. So really, there's a lot of these different payment methods. But in the end, the important part is figuring out how to assign uh, a certain amount of value to the work that someone put into the blocks that they were producing. And, and from running the SIGs mining pool, at least uh, in the back end, um, by default, mining core seems, or at least there go, mining core seems to wait until, um, I believe, 720 block confirmations before it actually does the payout after. So there's a couple hours to confirm that you've mined the block, and then there's about 720 blocks until it actually pays it out. Now, from what I understand, on these larger pools that have the capital, they can essentially pay out when the block is won and then out of their own bank and then collect the money later. So they can offer some sort of faster incentive of payout compared to like the small guy who's just paying what's coming along kind of thing. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, they use sort of like a cushion of money sort of to pay out people before the block is fully confirmed. Um, and then they receive the block payment back afterwards. Interesting. All right, let's dive in. I think I've pre-questioned enough there. What is Lithos? Where'd it come from? And um, let's start with that. Big question. Okay. So uh, Lithos is a protocol to create a fully decentralized mining pool. And by fully decentralized, I mean decentralized in as many aspects as possible. So the three main uh, things to really look at here is that uh, block production is made by the miners who mine to the pool. It's not made by the pool owners. Um, the next thing is that payouts are calculated via smart contracts and um, uh, they're distributed uh, fairly to the miners according to the work they created. Then lastly, um, there's a sort of censorship resistant feature uh, in terms of what transactions are allowed onto the blockchain. Um, Specifically, miners who mine blocks on the pool, uh, they'll be able to choose what transactions they want inside the blocks that they mine. Okay. All right. So let's put that on pause for a second, Cheese. Joe. Yeah. What about that concept made you think, hey, I'm I'm gonna throw some fucking money at this? This is this okay. is well, something I don't want to throw money at. Well, let's look at trustlessness firsthand, right? Um, you know, when I was mining you submit your shares you hope you're getting it you hope you're they're calculating it right yeah yeah you, you hope they're paying right yeah i mean even and, when it was even when it was good at get block and i was and you're sure you're getting paid right you'd still have so many people jumping in chat asking that question yeah. Jeez, i remember yeah. that I mean, absolutely crazy 
That's that's uh, an open and fair question because oftentimes it's based on things you can't see. Yep. Right. Um, I've seen plenty of mining pools that uh, you know spun up, and then they stop paying their miners. Right. That's happened even on Ergo. There's been a couple of little pools that are like, hey, you know, join us. We're part of the community. They'll hit a few blocks, pay nobody, and rug. Right. <laughs> and who knows? You know, maybe they're still bouncing out around in the crypto space, just changing their logo and their website and, you know, basically feeding off everybody else. Uh, then we ha also have this question in terms of censorship resistant, which is really important, right? Um, the idea of uh, having, let's call them fair race conditions, uh, is really important to try to protect and maintain. Otherwise, you do not have, um, let's say, a globally open system, right? So as soon as you have a decent pool that's censoring transactions from a certain jurisdiction, right? There's a certain probability if I'm coming from outside the approved area, um, I'm going to miss opportunity, right? So we've now created a two-tier system uh, where if I'm in the green zone, uh, you know, I have basically full-time access. And if I'm in the red zone, I have part-time access depending on who's producing blocks, that's problematic to, you know, the very basis of some kind of decentralized global money is because politics is taking over access, right? And that's one of the biggest uh, benefits, in my opinion, of uh, cryptocurrencies as a whole is they allow global access, right? And that should be a fair game. Now, even if it's uh, fee-based, at least it's fair in terms of everybody has kind of the same uh, implications of fees, right? Versus, you know, if you have that type of restriction coming online, you just have, it breaks the system in a way. So right. that, bother, that bothers me a lot. And we're seeing that across major projects and nobody's really saying anything, which is weird. All right. Well, good point. Um, all right. Let's get back to the technical. Cheese. I want you to explain it um, more simpler than you just did. Okay. Let's, let's take another stab at it. Let's take it from let's take it from a step and explain the process as a miner of how it functions and what uh, it may look like on my end to actually interact with these smart contracts. And do I have to put up anything like in advance, uh, any sort of funds in advance to secure any sort of um, uh, thing there? Or, or how does that work? Let's let's try it really simple. So uh, put your put your put your deco hat on. Okay, so that, that is a complicated question again, but uh, I'll try to make it as simple as possible. So uh, from a miner's perspective, um, the goal for Lithos is to try and be as smooth as possible. Uh, we understand that miners kind of already have a bunch of infrastructure set up to work with things like Hive OS, um, uh, you know, with Stratum, et cetera, all these different technologies and protocols that are made to help miners. Uh, we're trying to kind of fit into uh, that same sort of space and make it so that it's seamless for miners to kind of start uh, connecting to the Lithos uh, system of pools and get to decentralized mining. So I guess uh, to begin, a miner would download the Lithos client. They'd be able to run it. Uh, they could connect their miner to a local stratum that uh, is set up by the Lithos client, and from there. Um, so the Lithos clients will 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 a node be included, or you you do a node first, 
do the Lithos client, which puts Stratum in there on top of it kind of thing? Uh, so you would have a node with it. Uh, our goal is to kind of integrate both of them into the same thing, sort of. Um, but yeah, you would be able to connect to the Lithos client and start mining from there. And uh, for the miner, it should be as simple as putting in their address and one or two settings. Uh, and they'll be able to mine shares and start sort of um, contributing to blocks on the decentralized pool. Okay. And is there any collateral involved? I saw something online recently where somebody tried to compare it to some sort of staking. And I think Joe or you came in and said, well, kind of, but not really kind of, and that kind of thing. Is there any sort of collateral that the miners have to put up in first place to, to guarantee this? Uh, no. So that is one of the initial problems we were dealing with was that um, we're with Lithos, we're using these collateralized mining pools that I mentioned earlier. But um, miners themselves, our goal is to not have them put up any collateral. So, um, and let me add, the reason for that is that we don't want to wall out new miners who have never mined the blockchain before. If you've never mined Ergo before and you want to join, uh, we want you to be able to join a decentralized pool on the first chance. Uh, and you wouldn't be able to do that if um, Lithos required collateral from a miner beforehand. So uh, to deal with collateralization, there is a way for uh, miners or non-miners to uh, set up collateral to be lended out to miners who um, can use that collateral to then mine a block. That would essentially allow the miners to produce the block by themselves, put up their own transactions, um, their own votes in terms of governance. And for the people lending that collateral, they would be able to gain a small pool fee uh, depending on what they set and what the miner agrees to. And that that borrowing for the miner is transparent to the miner? They're right. Not... The miner would be able to choose what collateral they borrow. So it's up to the miner to decide what collateral they uh, feel has the right risk-reward sort of um, proportion to it. And that'll be offered on some sort of interface uh, in the Lithos client to choose from? Uh, yeah, it'll be there'll be an interface for it in the Lithos client. Obviously... It's just smart contracts in the end. So if somebody wanted to, they could do it manually, I guess. But yeah. And just to clear up, there's no centralized Lithos server running anywhere. Everything's on the smart contract and the Lithos client is interacting with those smart contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, Lithos is essentially, uh, the best way to think of it is sort of like a layer two. But uh, there's absolutely no server or anything that would defeat the purpose of it, right? We're trying to do trustless things. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Joe, what um, what are the implications beyond Ergo here? How does Lithos expand to other chains and give that offering to other chains? Does it does it still kind of exist on Ergo like, um, like um, um, Rosenbridge does? Or is it going to be built into other chains as well uh, with their smart contracts? Well, it seems as though it's going to be Ergo-centric. I mean, I'm sure the cheese would certainly have more uh, insight into that than me i'm not actually i've more said hey i want you know cheese costs money and i want to keep them enthused right well my, my question my <laughs> nice <laughs> nice play there my question is more along the lines of your experience with rosenbridge and crossing chains sure. and the sure. ethos of essentially providing something back on ergo that expands onto other chains and that kind of comparison no, there's, i mean there's a, there's a lot of use case there right um it really depends right uh in terms of where we scale and ultimately how we grow. Uh, you know, one thing that Alex and I have been talking about is this potential, uh, you know, with side chains, right? To potentially have 
you know, Sigma powered proof of work side chains. So then, you know, there there is some potential future where, you know, if we build out multiple side chains, you may be able to run Lethos in multiple, you know, environments. I can't say that couldn't happen, right? Um, but, you know, to start with, sure, it's going to be on Ergo. Uh, there's certainly a lot of use for it, looking at how uh, proof of work is, is kind of distributed across pools. Uh, you know, even, even something like, uh, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, there's a couple of entities that have majority control, right? And, you know, as things move uh, kind of more, I guess, with, with like uh, Bitcoin in kind of this uh, direction of financialization moving into more traditional markets, you know, that, let's say, censorship resistance becomes a bigger question. All right, I got I to gotta stop for a second there because what you just said, I just need to clear up here. So you're saying, you guys are saying that with side chains, essentially, you don't have to wait for somebody to be running a pool on a side chain to mine it. You could essentially set up the Lithos uh, smart contract on the side chain, and then anybody who jumps on just runs up the Lithos clients and points to the smart contract and they're mining. There's no pool you have to wait for. There's no anything else. You just go, essentially. Yeah, it depends if, if Sigma is portable uh, properly. You know, it's, these are kind of modular systems, right? So if you were to plug in a different function of proof of work in the base yeah. and you still run the same logic on top of it, um, you know, you could have multiple Sigma chains that are all interconnected and all, you know, would support uh, you know, Lethos clients and a lot of other things that have been built in Ergo. We've already kind of seen this in like the EVM verse, right? Where you have multiple compatible chains, um, you know, with kind of different consensus, different uh, tweaks here and there. Uh, I would love to see something like that for proof of work because, you know, there's a lot of uh, computation and energy that's being used that could be extended into DeFi in unique ways. That's exciting. Damn. Um, cheese. what about this makes you excited enough to be like, fuck it, I'm dropping everything and I'm going to do this? Well, I mean, I think I've been working on decentralized pools for uh, maybe two years now. Ever since I joined Ergo, that was kind of my first goal uh, when I it was like Ergo Hack 2 or something. I forget which one. But uh, I came in there and I decided to make the whole subpooling thing. And then somebody, I forget who, one of the developers told me, that, that's not really a fully decentralized pool. So I'm like, okay, uh, let me let me <laughs> make it to Ergo to, to rain on your parade. <laughs> Good job, buddy, but it's not quite there. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been MHS Sam. But um, <laughs> I mean, he was right. It wasn't decentralized at the time. So I decided, all right, let me look into this and see. Uh, how I can build one. And uh, I was actually able to pull a lot of resources from um, prior works from Kushti about uh, collateralized pools and even work from Nipipaus uh, in terms of how Lithos determines work. Um, so yeah, I just think this is really important for mining in general. Uh, right now, mining, as uh, Joe said, it's dominated by few pools, a few powerful people who are able to potentially um, do whatever they want with your payments or with the actual blocks themselves that are ending up on the blockchain. So for a decentralized permissionless currency, you need decentralized permissionless mining. 
All right. So tell me, tell me what the the draw is going to be here. How are we going to go out there in the world and say to these miners who are pool hopping potentially, you know, jumping from pool to pool, whichever's making the most money at the time? How are we going to track these guys to Lithos? Is there something that can grab those people to, to use decentralized mining, or are we aiming for initially? Um, the people who really care about decentralization and really care about um, trustless um, interactions with the chain and not having to rely on a centralized entity to be paid. What market initially are we going to be uh, pushing for with, with Lithos here? Well, I think the people who care who care about decentralization will join Lithos inherently as, as long as it's a decently good product, of course. But yeah, the real goal is to get as many miners as possible into Lithos because that way those miners are able to have a voice in terms of the governance of Ergo and they're able to contribute to Ergo in a way that doesn't necessarily um, threaten it, uh, for example, through a 51% attack or through um, the disrespect of miners that pools may do. So yeah, the goal is really to get as many miners as possible. Um, to do that, uh, Lithos itself, well, the good part of Lithos is that the miners themselves create their own blocks. So they can add in any MEV they want. They can add all the storage and transactions that they can fit inside their blocks. So that's extra ERG for miners. And of course, there will be a Lithos token um, that will be distributed to miners uh, as they mine pools on uh, the Lithos pool system. So uh, that way, there's an extra incentive for miners to also join. So, uh, I mean, in the end, miners are economically driven and that's the rational thing to be doing, right? So yes. if you want to incentivize miners to join Lithos, then they, they're going to have to be economically driven to that. Yeah, and I, I think that when you get into the FEMO side as well, like there's some uh, tools we can add on top of that to add some kind of sweeten the cake a little bit. Uh, you know, I, I, in terms of like my perception, it, it certainly makes a lot of sense to um, add... Uh, that as either the entire emission for just, um, I don't know, there's a, there's a certainly a good legal argument to make there. Like you're launching on top of a proof of work network and therefore you're going to be, you know, more distributed than the uh, proof of work network was in Genesis era, certainly. Um, you know, then there's also this idea where you're adding security underneath your product, which long-term has a lot of value. Um, you know, and, and the truth is, Miners kind of get the virgin erg, right? So naturally, they are in a nice position to be liquidity providers and participants in DeFi because collectively they have a lot of power in terms of setting markets, creating markets. Um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, can be considered long term as well. But I certainly think we're going to see at least, uh, you know, I'll push for, uh, you know, some fair initial mining offerings and ways to basically enhance the, uh, you know, economic draw of uh, Lithos. And did I hear correctly that, um, or maybe I, maybe you didn't say this yet, uh, voting is similar to the old days where the individual will change their own settings on their own um, stratum or node and, and that's how they vote essentially? Yeah, um, exactly. So, I mean, the miners are the ones creating the blocks in Lithos, so they're the ones who choose the votes. They choose the transactions. Um, really, the whole goal is to, you know, bring power back to the individual miners rather than the pools that um, 
currently have it right now. So can't pools though still uh, group together and push towards this um, Lithos smart contract? Uh, I mean, of course, the, of course um, you could have pools outside of Lithos that are still... I, 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 don't, um, I don't mean outside of Lithos. I mean, if I'm running my own uh, stratum, I, can I invite my friends to point towards my stratum and mine there too? So I have a much bigger hash? Uh, I suppose you could, but well, then you would have less of an economic incentive to do so because presumably you're going to be taking a fee for that. And the miners mining on your pool, they won't have the ability to choose the transactions they want. They won't have the ability to choose the votes they want. So what's the incentive there? Besides maybe getting rewards quicker, but uh, even then the way that NISPs work is that uh, you should still be able to get pretty consistent rewards. So uh, there might be some incentive to do that, but uh, certainly not as much incentive as there is right now to try and manually pull up. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. We've got a couple questions on Twitter and I want to pay attention to these because um, Joe made an effort to ask on Twitter some questions. So the first question from Ergo Minnow is ETA smiley face question. <laughs> Two weeks. No, I'm kidding. Um, uh, we're thinking about a year to year and a half of development. Uh, that's currently the goal. Obviously things could change and uh, Lithos does rely on some changes to the Ergo protocol. Uh, I've talked with Kushti about them before. Hopefully we can get them in V6. If not, uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh, we're looking at a year to year and a half. All right. Uh, then we have the, uh, the Conan uh, with the uh, Sigma as the E and the, uh, and the, actually the lowercase Sigma as the O and Conan. They're very creative. Uh, so their question is, tell us about potential to disrupt mining pools on other POW chains, include advantages, requirements, limitations, barriers, et cetera. Um, and uh, example, would this end up being more profitable for the individual miner? Yeah, so uh, on other proof-of-work chains, I think it's pretty interesting. So I think Joe talked earlier about side chains and uh, Sigma being able to uh, run Lithos uh, on those. So yeah, that's absolutely true. But you can theoretically use Lithos to mine on other uh, proof of work chains. Any standard proof of work chain that's using, you know, the standard hash inequality um, uh, can use Lithos. So anything like Bitcoin, Litecoin, uh, Monero as well, I assume, uh, they should all be able to be mined using Lithos. There are some big challenges there, definitely. Um, I'd say the biggest challenges in terms of that would be transferring the block headers and kind of verifying that um, a block made on that blockchain uh, has ended up on Ergo so that it can be processed by the Lithos contracts. So that part's a little bit tough. Maybe uh, I'll talk to the Rosen Bridge devs uh, two years after now if we can figure it out. But uh, yeah, it's absolutely possible. And um, uh, I think that's, uh, that's definitely big for Lithos in that it's chain agnostic. and. Uh, really any proof of work chain can benefit from it. I mean, it's it's neat with these kind of things. <clears throat> it seems like there's going to be just from things like Rosen uh, and all the watchers and uh, running and Lithos <clears throat> with um, with these kind of things. It seems like there's going to be a, a large increase in uh, transactions um, going into the chain, uh, increased at least. With these, with these alone, which is pretty neat. Makes us, you know, make sure the chain can handle it and makes us look good as far as that goes. All right, one more question from, this one's from Gray Man. 
Um, their question is, please examine the game theory of lithos in the bear market. Uh, and as we grow into a bull market at some point, does it change the competitive landscape compared to the last bull run? So essentially, does um, does lithos give us something in this next bull run that uh, we didn't have before that's essentially attractive to uh, people to join Ergo? Uh, you want to answer, Jeff? Or <laughs> no, sure. I definitely think that, you know, when you look at proof of work profitability, right, it's always uh, kind of swinging around based on market conditions. I think probably for like the miner, probably the largest interesting thing here is the ability to potentially have extended rewards through, uh, you know, mining project tokens or uh, other various incentives in the system, right? Um, you know, that's that's kind of a big thing when you're talking about, you know, uh, potentially, you know, breaking even or spec mining at a loss. It gives you additional potential, uh, let's say, vectors of value in the portfolio that you're putting together. Uh, but, you know, proof of work is also something that tends to be quite competitive, right, when you're talking about input costs uh, and profitability. And so that's not necessarily something that, you know, we can always fix right I, like there 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 was this weird time for for i don't know uh, maybe a year or two where you know if you pointed any gpu at like ethereum it was printing money and you know that kind of uh created a i don't know an odd mentality uh that you know profitability was always going to be uh there in the short term right and that historically has not always been the case for mining usually mining is uh somewhat of a you know, mix of covering costs and speculation, building a treasury, learning to, uh, you know, adapt to market conditions and emission adjustments. Uh, it's it's a complicated business, right? Um, you know, so I can't say that, you know, Lethos is going to make everybody profitable 100% of the time. I'll just be lying. But it can create, uh, you know, additional tools, right? Uh, even on Ergo itself, like the ability to have more engaged governance could lead to fee adjustments, right? That uh, could potentially offset some, you know, market conditions that are rough for miners. There's a lot of potential there. And then there's also the question in terms of like building products on top of Lethos, which is a long-term question. You know, if you have, you know, uh, collateralized mining pools, can you, you know, turn that into a, some type of product, right? It's hard to say. You might have people that come up with uh, that, you know, type of financial idea on top of collateralization. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, I think to build off that, uh, one thing I've uh, sort of personally always thought that could be important is, you know, proof of work DeFi and trying to get miners onboarded into, uh, you know, actual DeFi and interacting with the blockchain more. So uh, that's one thing I hope Lithos will be able to help um, in that aspect is getting miners on chain, interacting with the chain, because um, as uh, Joe said before, they're sort of the initial liquidity providers and they have a really sort of strong power with that that they're not using at the moment so i think um having lithos being on chain and sort of encouraging encouraging miners to interact with the chain will uh be a, a benefit long term for ergo in general and i, I see it as a return to the original idea of how erg is mined essentially you have a bunch. You started out with a bunch of solo miners that have a GPU at home, and they want to just go through their. They want to mine some 
Bitcoin when they're not playing a game or not running their business. And you can essentially return to that just with a couple clicks of the Lithos client and a node and Stratum built in there. You can do the same thing and not have to worry about, uh, you know, bug a nano pool of why the payment hasn't gone through or why their damn dashboard is down or that kind of thing. So super, super cool return to the roots of what Ergo was so or is awesome. All right. All right. Let's jump into let's jump into the dev update and then we'll return for some closing remarks. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right, let me hit my fancy switch button. Beautiful. You can't see it happening, but you'll see it when you don't watch the video. Joe, you don't watch your own videos. Maybe cheese. I've never cheese. Seen, I've never, I don't never watch seen. my own either. So. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave. It's one of those things. If I come in and you know someone else is watching it, I'll leave. Like I, I, <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't we have Joe start with the first one here? All right. The Rosenbridge update. Uh, so we've been doing some R&D in terms of the uh, Bitcoin network. Uh, first thing we need to do is build the scanner. Um, you know, so we've been going through different scanners, uh, you know, seeing what kind of uh, load they do, how they do with fetching data, you know, what will make sense. Something we need to pay attention to with the Rosen, especially because as the network gets more complex, so does so do the carry requirements. Basically, it's kind of like your hardware scaling. We need to make sure that we, you know, don't make everything too heavy long term. Uh, so uh, we were looking uh, at one specific explorer instance in Bitcoin uh, and realized, hey, this probably isn't a great idea. So then we pivoted and uh, found one that is better at basically uploading larger chunks of data. Um, with the Rosenbridge utils, uh, we've implemented the Rosen extractor based on the Bitcoin Explorer block uh, Explorer API. So that's under review, um, trying to find the right infrastructure that fits with what we want, basically. Um, so then we get into uh, Rosenbridge Rosenet. Uh, those of you that don't know, we have a P2P network kind of underneath Rosenbridge that the guards are constantly communicating with each other. And we call that network Rosenet. Um, added some new packages for the node and relay. Uh, worked on hole punching tests, trying to break our system essentially. Uh, discussing some issues internally in terms of how to potentially improve that. Uh, started the research and development in terms of hardening that underlying system, making it more resilient to uh, external attacks. Uh, then Codigen is uh, the last. Uh, looks like we added a new NPM script. Uh, change all the initial versions to 000. <clears throat> Run tests before publish if the tests look good. And we're adding chain set support. And with the uh, Rosenbridge, uh, let's see, chain set formatter. Uh, looks like. There's some work there. It's not really my department, so I don't have much to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that's awesome! All right, so so um, what's it called? You mentioned during the AMA um, last Ooh. week about um, about how um, Rosen functioned just like it was supposed to, even though there was a small delay in one of the transfers. But you mind recapping that real quick for people sure, who may so not been watching the AMA? We've implemented this idea of hot and cold storage which is basically to uh, minimize the incentive of attack, right? So Rosen has some preset configurations that basically if something is 
larger than you know x then it's not going to clear and we kind of have to manually settle it and the goal there is to minimize um kind of the targeting of large funds so we're it's a exchange strategy actually um you know once when there's been multiple exchange exploits they said well what's the best way for us to do that and so then they you know developed kind of the cold wallet strategy so even if you were working uh, with a central exchange and you were moving a large amount uh you may run into the same thing where you know periodically uh you know they need to pause and top up uh you know that was, a, that was a hell of a transfer out of the blue that's for sure holy cow yeah yeah hundred thousand ergs bam very impressive all right cheese why don't you take the man himself kushti all right so for the ergo protocol and reference client rnd uh kushti got a fix in for the chain slice method i think mg pi was uh talking about an issue with that so uh 5.0 0.20 has been finalized and he needs to add a readme and get it reviewed. He has already started on 5.0.21. Uh, he's done more prototyping code for a merged mind sidechain. It's very exciting. Uh, checking the most efficient Sigma map implementation. And he's planning subblocks rollout uh, and he wants to start with P2P messages and compact blocks. Uh, compact blocks like propagation based on subblocks. Uh, then for Dexy, he uh, tested the modified Spectrum UI and it works, as well as the Bank UI. So the next step will be to share it with the Gold Pool group members and then the Segmonauts. Uh, now there's a tutorial for bootstrapping the Gold Oracle Pool and Dexy. Uh, Dexy sounds exciting. Can't wait for that. Very cool. He, yeah, he posted the links to the um, the UIs in the uh, Gold Oracle channel, and um, I was I I just need a little bit of test erg uh, testnet erg to try it out. But excited to give it a try. See if we can do some big swaps. All right, we've got Sigmanot Wombo uh, with a Sigmanots update. Uh, Sig's mining pool. Um, apparently, the uh, lead dev on the Sig's mining pool. Is working towards getting storage rent implemented two weeks and or soon. I wonder how I wonder how that lead dev's doing on the SIGs mining pool storage rent. You guys wouldn't happen to know, would you? I don't know who that guy is. So. <laughs> you might be busy on lithos, huh? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. All right. Gathered all market maker proposals going to be shared to discuss community for thoughts plan forward. Twitter space to be held for discussion soon. Date to be determined. So we decided not to do a Twitter um, space just because it's very, you know, top down. Um, so we said, fuck it. You know, we're going to post the PDF uh, with a brief description. The PDF, the PDF is very descriptive. Uh, Canon set it up, did a great job uh, in main chat. And we'll say there's going to be a free for all chat for it at this time. So we're going to do it uh, to, well, when this video comes out today, essentially Sunday morning at um, 1530 UTC. Uh, I'll be there for a brief time and um, uh, Canon and um, uh, Austin as well. Hopefully Glasgow can pop in. Joe as well. You have a lot of experience with this too. If you're awake, probably not at that time. But <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> Your time? Uh, 7.30. <laughs> No, are you two hours behind or three hours behind me? Yeah, I'm two hours behind you. Oh, so 8.30. Oh, 8.30. You'll be up. You'll be yeah, a second cup of coffee by then. Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
worst case, if nobody wants to talk about it, we'll talk amongst ourselves on the channel. But the idea is, the idea of this whole situation with market makers is, we're ergo, we have to do, we have to play poker with our cards facing out, just like Joe says yeah. all the time. Uh, so we're going to tell you what's going on. Uh, we're going to be transparent about it, uh, even the greasy stuff. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, so after that discussion. We're going to pump it through ChatGPT and get uh, all the like responses grouped so we can see what the consensus was. Then we'll work on a proposal and we'll put that proposal through a Sigmanauts vote first so that it's okay. And that proposal may end up asking for a loan from the EF. It may be asking for community funds. Who knows? We don't know what that looks like now. But whether it fails or it passes, either way, at least we have some data of what the community wants and wants to push forward with. And um, we can go from there. And maybe if it fails, the next person that tries it will at least have some data to go by uh, to help them out. Open source community uh, agreements. There we go. Um, all right. Then we have testing ongoing with Padilla. And uh, there's a link to the proposals right there. Padilla is so much. What a relief Padilla is. Uh, so great. Uh, oh, look at this. Somebody's got an update for themselves. Go for it, cheese. All right. So development of Lithos has officially begun as of last week. So uh, last week, I started working on the initial Lithos client. Going to be basing it off of Play Framework. So I've used that framework before. It's really nice. It has Akka and a lot of uh, other libraries in it that are really helpful. Uh, so. I'll be building the initial Lithos client with that. I'm going to be adding a uh, stratum, uh, likely based off the one that Aberg made uh, in Java for Satergo, I believe. So uh, I'm going to be adding a stratum into it. And uh, really, I just want to get it ready so that we can start testing Lithos as soon as possible, get all the smart contracts working, um, get some data on how um, the non-interactive share proofs that we're going to be using, uh, how we're going to parameterize them properly, et cetera. So right now we're just working on the initial client. Uh, and I added some finishing touches to a public roadmap, which is nice. Awesome. You know, it would be really cool. Uh, we spoke about this in the SIGs a little bit in one of the meetings is trying to uh, get it easier for, I know, I know, Nodes are super easy to run on Ergo. Okay, so it couldn't be easier. You, if you, if you're not comfortable with running a command line Java, you got Satergo that you just click a few buttons and you have a full freaking node. You know, it couldn't be any easier. But you know, some people don't have the hardware. You know, they have a laptop or something, and then they have a phone, and that's it. So the idea was that, you know, we we went online and we found a bunch of. Um, 50 to 75 to 100 dollar like little intel atom sticks you know with four gigs of ram like uh, an atom cpu or an intel i3 cpu those kind of things and the thought was we could purchase these ahead of time brand them get an image and just whenever somebody buys them dd the the updated image to it they send it home they plug it in um connect it to their wi-fi and then they can just tunnel into it and do whatever they want so my thought too beyond that i think it'd be even cooler to uh, to have the SIG sell something like a Lithos box. So 100 bucks, you get your box, you plug it in at home, there's your stratum, there's your Lithos box. You just point your rigs to your Lithos box, shut your rigs down, shut your gaming machine down, the Lithos box is still up, there's nothing you need to do to it, that kind of thing. So, you know, I th that'd be pretty neat, I think. That's an cool. All right, let's see what else we have here. Oh... Let me take the honors of doing this guy. Louis Vatra, when Padilla, he says he's mostly 
gathering things onto our to-do list. <laughs> the extra activity that the SIGDAO brings helps a lot in testing things further. Yep, Mark said in the last dev update that he did with me that he's really uh, put a shit ton of GitHub comments about the UI and things. I'm sure he's pissing off Louis for that kind of thing. Um, Crux Finance accounting subscription setup is nearing completion, uh, slowly adding more features to the front end, such as accounting section with transaction overview for registered wallet address and NFT marketplace. I have mostly been busy with dusting this one off and making improvements to the setup. So it's up to the requirements of a student. What the hell is NFT? Did I miss something? Is this an old project that he's digging yeah, up? Yeah, he's had that. They've had that NFT marketplace idea for a while. What's what's this? How is it different from like a Sky Harbor or like full on eBay of auction house, ergo auction house? I, do, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I would love to see a type of eBay on chain. Um, I mean, but, that's ergo auction house, that's kind of what we have there. Yeah, we have we have that. You know, what was that? It was Open Bazaar used to be like the crypto based hub for a lot of uh, you know, goods, services, etc. I've always thought that was one of the cooler application ideas. So, all right, let's see. Maybe it'll push in that direction. I mean, true. You e even with uh, what's it called? Even with um, even with auction house right now as it is, you could essentially develop some sort of section where, let's say, I want to sell a video card. I mint something with mm -hmm. an image of the video card. So you're buying a NFT to rights of the video card, and then I ship it to you, kind of thing. Then when it arrives, maybe maybe half of the payments given to me at first, and then the second half is given. But of course, that stuff's all built on trust. But of course, eBay is as well, essentially. So, yeah. you know, that'd be that'd be pretty neat to use that as a physical slash digital marketplace there. Hmm. And um, what's it called? Um, and Unreal just had a post the other day, right? Two days he built yeah. like a uh, um, a Chrome widget, a Chrome extension. That lets you know when you have offers in for things in your wallets. Super fucking yeah. cool. Trying to move towards like the P2P exchange. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, damn cool. All right, why don't you take? Oh, perfect. Why don't you take THZ, Joe? All right. So it looks like uh, Mike's uh, moved the main React front end repo to Bitbucket. Uh, more in depth integration with uh, Jira, and I know that he's also working on a off chain uh, kind of music event. Um, that he's putting together. So I hope that uh, we hear more about that in the future. And if anybody's interested too, Mike took all his, um, I don't know if it was the chats in his channel or all his GitHub um, uh, pull comments, but he threw them all through ChatGPT and then asked it a few questions. And it spit out paragraphs of this really good text of like what THC is about, what Mike's about and building it. So it's a really good read in the chat if you want to scroll up a little bit in the THC chat. I, I highly recommend it. All right, let's see. Uh, go for it, uh, Cheese. Excel. All right, so Excel update from February 3rd. So they have the new front end design that's done and they're starting on the build of it. Um, an Ergo community member was hired and did an amazing design. Uh, they lost their BE maintainer. So uh, they spent the last week getting their local environment set up and fixing their 10 year old Heroku account um, billing so that they can redeploy the backend. Sounds fun, but um, uh, they're not a Scala Java dev, so they need contributors. So if you'd like to contribute to Excel, then go ahead and let them know. And the backend is done for crowd loans, and uh, there's existing functionality for it. So, is that is that Chris writing through that account, guys? Do we know? Uh, I'm not sure. I have no idea. 
Is Chris, did, does Chris do any sort of dev work? Or is he not a dev at all? Chris Ray, I'm talking about. I don't think he's dev. I'm not, I'm not sure. Okay. But I don't think he's dev. All right. We've got Cyberverse. Have you guys been following this? They've got a cool, pretty cool game coming out. Um, uh, mini yeah, game. I've, I've been watching a little bit. Um, it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. 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 Kilver's doing a. Um, a stream later Sunday, uh, so later today after you guys watch this. Uh, so here's the update log for the new game update. They went live on February 6th. They moved the nickname change method to an in-game payment system. Introduce emotes UI. Oh, emotes, great. And functionality, integrating Comet and Cyberverse-themed emote NFTs. We're going to get people emoting on our on our corpses in Cyberverse. <laughs> Uh, implemented a player profile UI featuring a Twitter link and trade button, added in-game trading functionality for items in CYPX, introduced the ability to set an owner's apartment as private or public. Ooh, nice. In private mode, only the owner can access the apartment, edit decorations, and use mining rigs. Well, well, that's that's important. <laughs> in public mode, everyone can access the apartments. Added the first multiplayer mini game for five to ten players, Wolf and Sheep. I can see some fun things. You know, that, that I watched I watched a little bit of the um the demo of it and it reminds me of the times like you know i went to college in the 1999 2000 2001 too uh and back then we had our like pismo mac pismo powerbook g3s max and we would play quake 2 and quake 3 you know we'd we'd stay at college late in the library and all land together and do that super fun so these kind of mini games remind me of those you know simple kind of things but super fun it's the people that you play with in in that kind of open environment that makes it more fun than the game itself kind of thing um, all right, increase the character count for in-game chat to 200 characters, included an energy indicator in the character selection menu, implemented various smaller fixes and balancing improvements. A more detailed update log can be found in the Cyberverse Discord's announcement chat. Uh, these guys just don't stop. It's insane. It's amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, anything else? Oh, the X-Space was fun. Joe, you subbed for Kushti that day. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah I got tagged in last minute. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for the dev uh, reading. Let me switch back to the 3-up menu. There we go. All right. What do you guys have for any closing words? Let's see. Anything? Anything? It doesn't even have to be about Lithos. Let's let's open it up to anything, boys. Well, I, I actually uh, gave Adberg to build the stratum in java so i'm super happy that something's coming of that wow. that's cool actually yeah so is that is that essentially um um he's going to integrate it into satirical so that solo miners can just click a button and and go that was that was the the plan long term i'm not 100 sure where uh i remember he ran into some roadblocks and you know uh got busy that's all right and it happens in life it does uh, no, but uh, I didn't know that until right now. So, you know, that's really great. That's awesome. Damn. How far do you know how far he is in it? Cheese? Uh, I'm not sure. I think he was testing it with MGPI earlier. Okay. But uh, yeah. if it's not done, then I would be happy to contribute because we definitely need it for Lithos. So um, I'd like to get it done as quick as possible. It'll definitely help with that so that it can be in Satergo and uh, it can be in uh, the Lithos client eventually too. It's yeah, really could, useful actually. So, I think it's needed for the ecosystem. And I could yeah. see, I could see Aberg even integrating some sort of uh, Lithos interaction into Satirgo at some point too. 
you know, why just have one interface for Lithos when you can, if you're, you're comfortable with Satirgo and the full node wallet and you like that, click a few more buttons and have another tab on top and maybe have some interactions with there as well. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Would be easier for miners too. So yeah. yeah. Well, I've always kind of hoped that we would end up with an easy full node that you could just put deployable packages on with whatever, you know, application you want to support or infrastructure. Um, that would be awesome. So it's been a dream, let's say. <laughs> well, this talk is exciting. This has got me really excited, guys. I love this kind of stuff that I don't know. You know, I does well, do you guys spend any time outside of Ergo? Because you know, I, I listen to these things that are happening in an Ergo and I tell myself, ah, this there's no way that other chains are this fast. I mean, did you hear what um you hear what Bruno said last um last dev update? Bruno. No, I I watched it, yeah. You so, didn't I mean, you did, which, didn't even remember. He said, Well, I don't remember what exactly you referenced. You gotta give me some sort of segue. He said uh we were talking about uh why he designed um uh why why he worked with Ergo first uh for SIG USD with the Jed protocol as oh, opposed it's more to of a Cardano. Science project. Yeah, well, he's, he said he said the devs on Ergo are amazing and insanely fast. He said they did something in like three weeks or something, whereas on Cardano it would have taken like a fuck ton of time. And uh, he said it. I have the quote somewhere. I posted it in the same yeah. chat. I'm waiting for somebody to make a banner and post it. And yeah, <laughs> especially you know, especially especially back when you know, uh, USD was being developed. They have better tooling though. I mean, that's one thing I have to give the Cardano ecosystem credit is their SDKs and languages have gotten a lot better since then. But yeah, you know, Ergo's always kind of been like a science type project where. Uh, you know, I guess cheese is a good example. He came in with a great idea and then someone said, no, you can do it better. Right? <laughs> I mean, that, that happens a lot, but ultimately, you know, iron sharpens iron, they say, right. So, you know, that's a part of why, like, if you look at SIG USD itself on Ergo, it's like, okay, we really took a lot of thought into what's the Oracle look like and the smoothing there. And in other instances, you know, things are not quite, uh, let's say the way you might want them. You know, um, but those assumptions matter. Cheese, give us something to close with. We're at we're at fifty eight minutes and twenty six seconds. About mm. hit us up. Let's see if we can keep this under an hour. Right. So I guess I'll just close with Lithos. So uh, yeah, in general, we've started development. Uh, I'm really happy that we've been able to start. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Ever since Get Block. Stopped. I think there's been a little bit of a hole in the mining for Ergo in general. I think GetBlock had a really strong mining community and it was able to represent a lot of Ergo miners in some way. And we lost that. Uh, so I'm really happy that Lithos is uh, in development now. And um, in the end, my goal is to try and bring as much power back to the miners as possible, um, make them use uh make them use their tools to the full potential uh you know get that extra money from mev storage rent etc and uh yeah i'm just really happy and excited for lithos to come in this uh next year year to half i love it boys it's shit like this it keeps me pumped yeah keeps me coming some, back 
There's some point in this video, QX, where she said, uh, you know, you can't have a decentralized digital money without decentralized block production. You got to scroll back and cut that clip. Me, I can't do it because I never watched anything that I watched. So that's your homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll see you around. Hopefully we see you tomorrow in the chat or um, right. today, I guess, with the video. Thanks, guys. Ciao.